Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We are back and at it. And I have the lovely Amanda Shabbat Harrison on the podcast today. <laughs> hey, cuz, what's going on? How are you going? Good, good to be good. here. Thanks yeah. for having me. To give you a little bit of an explanation, Amanda, like I've just, I just started, um, we just started chatting and I'm just looking back at Amanda's uh, bookshelf and it is filled to the brewing with cookbooks and it's for a good reason (laughs) amanda has done some amazing work in food food journalism and just some really creative and awesome inspiring things and amanda's had like amazing career in like in food and will continue to so i just had to invite amanda on and i'm really excited and grateful amanda that you're taking some time to be with me and share some uh wisdom so thank you for coming on cuz no, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so, for being interested as well. <laughs> my well, honestly, my pleasure. Amanda, talk to me a little bit about your your story of how you came to this point in your career. Yeah. Oof. Gosh. Reader's digest version or we go to the war and peace version. <laughs> <laughs> um I guess all right, well let's I'll I'll start with the fact that I've been in this industry for about, let's say since about 2015. 2015, I started working in food media. That's what my industry is called. And I basically, I actually got into food media because of a career change. I didn't leave school and go straight into food. I left school and went to university down that route. I even, I studied human rights and I started working for the federal government. But my heart wasn't really in it. It was an interest, but my interest was always food. Growing up, I always wanted to be a chef. But see, when I was about, you know, 15, 16, 17, having to pick a career, it, the career that I'm doing now didn't exist back then. So, I, you know, I'm 33 and it didn't exist back then. It was only ever so slightly sort of on the peripherals with the, like food TV, like MasterChef just started coming out, but it wasn't a thing. But now my industry has just exploded. So I basically took the plunge, went back to college, studied and trained as a chef and a pastry chef. But rather than going into uh, restaurants and and bakeries, I went down the route of food media, which is really picking up traction when I started getting into it. So we're talking magazines, cookbooks, TV shows, websites you know social media was really starting to pick up as well and it was it was content creation it was coming up with recipes coming up with new ideas it was tasting things talking to people and it was just creating creating taking all these amazing elements you know talking to all these people bringing in all these people and these teams and just creating around food and publishing it to the masses basically um and back then, well, even now, I'm just I'm hungry for it all. So I've sort of I've dipped my finger in every pie with food media, and I wanted the experience of everything, whether whether it was writing recipes for a magazine, whether it was producing, you know, national television series. I just wanted to do it all so I could get to this position where I can now sort of I guess take my pick if that makes sense, because I've done it all and now I can sort of pick the projects that really excite me and really, you know, light my passion on fire. Wow. What a, like, what a just, because I've always been inspired by kind of your, your work ethic for it and your just your passion and how you've actually made reality and you made that scary jump from like the first kind of career into this kind of amazing creative career. Because in this, like, like to be in the position that you are today and, and from where you were, like I feel like a lot of people out there, whether it's like listeners or just people in general, kind mm-hmm. of struggle with, you know, being in that kind of zone where they're kind of plodding away and they're not fully like satisfied with it. It's actually transitioning into like their passion or something that's really um, kind of what they're inclined to do. Because how what, what advice would you give to someone who, who's going on that journey? Just do it, <laughs> as Nike says. <laughs> no, no, no. It is, it is very 
it can be scary. It can be challenging. You might not necessarily have, it could be something is not necessarily having the time, not having the resources, not having the finances to, to pursue it. I think the best thing is to do is just start. Don't put sort of arbitrary deadlines on yourself. Don't put limits on yourself and get frustrated by the process either. Just take it one one step at a time. So, and like, for example, when I went back to, um, I knew that I had to go back and study to get into this industry, which meant I had to go back to college uh, or TAFE uh, and study cookery. And But I was also working full time. And I knew that I actually couldn't pare back all my hours, for example, in my full time job because that would just compromise things like, you know, my, my finances, for example. So that wasn't an option. So I looked into nighttime study and I did it at a, on a part-time basis. And I knew that was going to take me a little bit longer doing it that way. But at the same time, I just had to ground myself in that fact, knew that I was doing it responsibly, knew that I was doing it well, and I was also honouring myself and my position at that time. But I just did it. I still did it, if that makes sense. Don't don't put limitations on yourself. Oh, I can't do it for this reason or I can't do it for that reason. You can find a way. It might not necessarily look exactly the way someone else has done it either. And I don't I think that you can fall into a trap of comparison, you know, well, they did it this way, uh, so I need to do it that way. You just you do it your way. You know, you do what suits you, honour yourself, honour your needs and your wants and just start if that's, that makes sense. <laughs> that's really freaking cool. I love that because almost like the kind of uh, cultural thing, I guess that, that I kind of see is just like, oh, I dropped everything. I risked it all. And then I, I went over to this thing and then it turned out. But I'm like, oh, like for me personally, like, oh, that's not going to work for me. I'm, I've like tried. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I need to, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Am I yeah. not up to it? You know? <laughs> yeah, some people... Some people take the plunge. They just sort of, they cut loose and they go for it, you know, just throw caution to the wind. And that that could probably work for that person, but it doesn't mean you have to necessarily do it that way either. You can take your time doing it. And what I will say is this, is as soon as you start to feel that little sort of pull in your, in your heart or your stomach to go in another direction or realize this isn't sort of serving me or making me happy or honoring my values any little like inkling of doubt that's sort of eating away at you explore it explore it and don't let it fester and get so large where you start to maybe I don't know resent the job that you're in now or resent the the place that you're in you're in in life right now Mm. do you know what I mean like wow. explore that early, explore it early. If you start feeling that doubt, like just a little seed of unhappiness, work, like explore it, sit with it and change it. Oh, that's so genius because I've always like, I've always been a big believer in loving where you are now whilst also moving towards y- your future. And I, I love that. And I think there was, I don't know where, where the quote came from, but they said that humans are the only only animals on planet earth they need a shit in their own nest in order to fly out of it so like, <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah no i really yeah it's a good one eh? i really love that advice you know question question now kind of on that topic you know, it's you're in creative work and i'd like to kind of unpack some insights around creative work like i find sometimes creative work difficult and i'm just like mm-hmm. I come to a, I'm like, oh, like I kind of feel a bit overwhelmed or whatever. What are, what are your thoughts on creative work and getting it flowing and kind of, yeah, just like increasing your ability to do creative work? What what are your thoughts on that? Creative work is by its nature subjective. It is different for everyone. It's a different process for everyone, you know, that, the journey someone takes to the end is always going to be different for every single person. Um, And I think we need to embrace that. Creativity isn't about copying someone else's work. It's an expression of yourself. It's expression of 
perhaps the team that you're working in. It's perhaps an expression of a point in time, you know, in life. And it's subjective. And you've got to not fall into the trap of it looking like how it should be. Don't don't box. Creativity shouldn't be a box, I guess. It should be absolutely you know, out of the box. You take the lid off and there's like there's triggers coming out and, you know, balloons are coming out. It, it, just, it should just explode with um, with ideas and and motivation and passion and it and it should be it should be coming from you. And you will find someone that will resonate with that kind of creativity. They might jump on with you. They might add their own colour to it. They might add their own elements to it. And you want to embrace that as well. Um, but I've definitely, especially I've learned this with food because food is such a, I don't know, for me, it's a very soulful experience. You know, it it makes your soul happy when you, when you eat something, when you cook something, when you share something, when you cook something for someone else, or when you taste something that someone else has cooked for you whether that be a family member like you know your grandmother or your mother or your brother or your husband or your wife whoever it might be and because it's such a food is so beautiful in that way the creativity around food for me specifically has to be equally as beautiful it has to it has to flow otherwise you you sort of um you can squash that beauty for example and I can't necessarily speak to other creative industries, but I like to think it's a, it's also a little bit like that. There, there's beauty in creativity. There's beauty in in the product, that, that in product, whether it be a, a performance on stage, whether it be an artwork, whether it be a dish of food, whether whether it be you know a poem performed at Slam Poetry. That there's beauty in it, and uh, you don't want to squash that. So you don't want to stay in in these, these parameters that we might put ourselves in or someone else might put us in as well. So is that, that's an interesting point. So is it like, is it like maybe the problem and the reason why we stifle creativity is because we don't allow ourselves to kind of create, like we, we just kind of judge before we create or we judge way too much as opposed yeah, to yeah. just letting, yeah. That's a great way to put it. We do. We judge it. We but we judge ourselves too. We judge our own output. Um, we judge that it might not be good enough, and that's like, you know, absolutely classic one-on-one <laughs> judgment of ourselves. We don't we don't know whether it's going to be good enough, or if someone else is going to like it, or is going to accept it, or take it on. And I think you also just have to be comfortable with that. Be comfortable with the fact that not everyone's going to like it. You know, like me with food, not not everyone likes my food necessarily, you know, um, and I, but that's okay. It's it's like I said, it's purely subjective. The, the creativity and the process of creativity is subjective and the consumption of some of, of that creativity is also subjective. So, yeah, we do. We, we judge out, we judge, we put a lot of judgment and that just boxes us in. Yeah. Because I, I wonder, it's kind of like I, it's kind of like it's okay for you in the sense like I think I've I've seen some of the sh- the stuff that Amanda's created. It's fucking amazing. Sorry for my words, <laughs> right? It's like unbelievable, <laughs> quite prolific. Um, but for someone who isn't at that level of creativity or or expression yet, where yeah, you know they haven't fully developed you know their their skills or or their ability to express, um. Sometimes, like, is there is there kind of, like, it can be easier then to kind of fall into the trap or oh, I'm not good enough yet and kind of lose lose yeah. motivation. What are, you, what are your thoughts on, on someone in that position? Like, and, and when maybe, I think, yeah. Yeah, no, sorry, keep going. I was going to say maybe when, when you were in that position, how did you see it? What what were you seeing different? What, what how, yeah, how did that work? I think... When you're creating something, whatever it might be, uh, you have to ask who it's for, why you're doing it, you know, and I think once you're sort of honest with yourself on those things, a a little bit of flow sort of starts to happen. Um, 
for me it was there is that 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 little bit of fear right is it going to be good enough is someone else going to like it like when I when I first started out one of the one of my first jobs was developing recipes for a magazine and I was I was really new to it like obviously new to the industry new to the team and there were very you know reputable people around me you know like high-end editors that were that would have to literally place judgment on my my food my cooking you know and and they pick it apart because that, that was part of the job we had to pick apart the recipe we had to say what was good about it what wasn't it what wasn't good about it and through a little bit of I guess internal reflection I had to make peace with that fact that it was going to get picked apart and that was okay and it getting picked apart wasn't a bad thing because I could work a way of making it better because in that instance it it wasn't a recipe for me. It was a recipe for a family of at home, for example. So, you know, I adjusted my expectations around that. It it, it was naturally not going to be perfect, mm. if that makes sense. It, it is a little bit, it's, it's kind of push-pull, but you've just got to sort of overcome that fear and doing it over and over again as well going through that process over and over again where my work was sort of you know critiqued constructively absolutely constructively um and and in a very kind uh way and collaborative way doing that over and over again made me a little bit more comfortable as well so that that repetition of the process and that's what just made me better as well so someone starting out yeah ask the question who's it for why am i doing it and and push through that discomfort because it's it's in no way a reflection of your abilities, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I really like that. I really like that a lot. And this is like so weird because it kind of confirms what I've been feeling and thinking recently. I think I've just started. I know I've, I've talked. Everyone who knows me. I've been talking about it everywhere. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I've only done five lessons. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm not a very but like the new I'm hobby, the new like, passion. Yeah, exactly. I've learned like really deeply that you're gonna forever be learning in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and you always will get be getting submitted. But it's just the nature of being a beginner, and you actually enjoy the practice, and you enjoy getting better, and you enjoy instruction. Yeah. And it's almost like yeah, it's the same with creative stuff, like. I think the problem is, I think for me particularly, um, I used to, to a large degree, put my self-worth on my creative stuff and think, oh, that's yep. who I am. But now I, I feel like with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, over time maturing and putting things out a bit more, I feel like it has shifted to, yeah, learning. I'm just always learning, you know? Always learning. And it like, don't get me wrong, it's hard. It's tricky because more often than not whether it's a re- like I said it's a recipe or a poem there is a little bit of you in there it is a little bit of an expression of, of yourself of your of your style of things that you like and you're interested in you know even in a recipe whether for whatever reason it's being created there's a little bit of you in it but again it's going back to the fact that you've got to be comfortable that not everyone's gonna like it and that's okay mm. it's totally fine because there are many people that also do like it and that that process is enjoy that journey en- enjoy that learning because you just you start to hone your skills you hone your craft that's beautiful that's really inspiring i'm gonna <laughs> sucker that one right in and keep it right in nice Good, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like that one's going. That one's going in in the soup, in the Jacob soup. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> I've got a question. This one's on work ethic. Like, yeah, I, I, I um, like I know that I can I can see that you've got an incredible work ethic, and I want to understand maybe and glean some insights on on work ethic and and what your perspective is of it. And how, yeah, how, yeah. I'll, I'll start there. What my perspective on work ethic is? Yeah. Uh, well, God, it's important. It is so important. I, I guess work ethic is going to, having a good work ethic, and we can probably get into the details of what a good work ethic is 
in a little bit. But having a good work ethic is what's going to get you to where you want to get faster. It, it really is as simple as that. It's what's going to make the journey also comfortable and it flows and it moves because when you put good out, when you sort of are, you know, honour the responsibility you have to yourself and to your work and, you know, to your team. So I guess I'm talking more of a, you know, being in an organisation, whatever it might be, or working on a project, whatever that might be. When you're honouring that responsibility you have to the work and to the team and to yourself, it the work just it just hits, right? It just hits every every time. You're gonna get to where you want to faster, you know. And I and I'm saying this because I have worked. I I like to uphold a very very good work ethic. I pride myself on a good work ethic because it's also how I was raised. Um, and I've seen the the benefit of having a good work ethic but I've also worked alongside people worked in teams worked in organizations where the work ethic it needs a little bit of work basically (laughs) (laughs) it could be polished up a bit Mm -hmm. and I can see where you know things have gone amiss because you know someone hasn't held or honored those the values of that work of good work and 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 you know r- respect of others and respect to yourself you, you can see it the, it just the teams start to fall apart because of it wow so cuz what is the value of good work value of good work <laughs> yeah. oh my god there's so many different facets the value of good work is well it's for yourself as well. Like if you want to be happy and enjoy what you're doing, that's that's the value of good work. That That's what you get out of it. You get satisfaction. You get contentment. You get a little bit of purpose in that too. You get, you get motivation, you know, to, to wake up each day and, and, and have really good output, you know, and that's, that's good work ethic. And we're not just talking about the kind of good work ethic where you might, um, just for example, sharp to work on time. That's like the bare minimum kind of having a good work ethic, right? I'm talking the kind of work ethic where, like I said, you have respect for yourself, the actual work or the project or, you know, whatever the product, that end product might be, and and, and the people around you, you know. If people just put up something, you know, terrible because they felt, you know, a little bit lazy or they didn't care that day, everyone else suffers and then you just suffer and, and that just snowballs, you know. So the value of good work is, of good work ethic is it just makes it better. <laughs> it makes your time and experience, however short it might be, even if it's, for example, me that just has like a, a one-day photo shoot, you know, and I thought I might never see that team again because, you know, I freelance and work for myself um, now. Um, you know, it just makes good work, good products, good output. Wow, that's crazy. I'm gonna, <laughs> I, like, I love that. And I, it's so interesting as well. Like, I think having that value in and of itself that it just makes you happy uh, and satisfied and enjoy things, that's just like, okay, that's enough to be sold, right? <laughs> you know, like, that's okay. Yeah. Oh, that's pushing me over the line. And then when you talk about, get to where you want to go, but faster, that's really freaking cool. Like, I think sometimes um, we frame kind of work ethic as, oh, it's essential, you need it. Like, it's like, oh, like it's otherwise, you know, um, you never get there sort of thing. Um, And I think that's okay. It's not bad to frame it like that. But I feel like there's just something different about, hey, you're probably going to get there eventually if you want to get there faster and enjoy the quality and enjoy kind of the smooth sailing have the yeah, ability enjoy to the journey in, yeah have the ability to put yeah. in work because w- what is from what you've seen and, and what you believe what is the thing that stops people from being able to put in good work and, and what are the obstacles to to good work or, or work ethic oh gosh that's an interesting one i don't i don't think it's 
it's just I don't think it's any one thing it really depends on the person you know it depends on something as small as or what seems insignificant as the values they grew up with you know the values that they were taught it could be that they were they could even have been burned a few times you know working for certain people so they've just lost the 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 will to to care or to they might have a fear that sort of blocks them if that makes sense it could just be the, the nature of the person so, some people do you know lean towards being maybe a little bit that nonchalant about the entire process i don't want to say lazy um <laughs> because that's a bit too stereotypical but they're a little bit indifferent you know, they become indifferent to the process and that's just by their nature. They're just not, they just don't have um, that that natural drive. But mm. it really does, it really does depend on the person. You know, mm. for me, I can definitely put my good work ethic back to, you know, how I, was, how I was raised, you know. My parents did instill that in me and I definitely hold it to high regard now. You know, I pride myself on, bring you a good work ethic. Mm, that's incredible. I so. love that. I love that so much. <laughs> uh, it's really cool. And I can tell, like I can see the fruits of your labor. And, <laughs> you, know, you know, so it's just, yeah, that's like, that's inspiring, you know. Amanda, another question, just, this is kind of more in the food direction of things. And like, yeah, yeah let's, let's go, let's go to the food, you know. Cause let's get to the meaty part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, talk, yeah. Talk to me about what's got you excited recently, or what what's kind of yeah, like what's got you excited recently, and what what's food all about? Let's just let's just hit what's that. gotten excited me recently. Dude, we're about to we're going from like work ethic to, and I'm just going to really throw it off board right now. Mm. I'm going right now. I'm very, very, very excited about the Australian food scene. And when I say Australian food scene, I mean quite specifically the, the, the food that is becoming localised and celebrated here in this country from Australian native ingredients, uh, which really I'm just I'm really passionate at the moment. I'm really into. Um, and I, I just read as much as I can. I cook with them when I can, you know, my husband josh and i and his cousin we have a couple of cafes and we put natives on that menu because we just want everyone to experience them so that's really gotten me excited at the moment uh because our whole world is sort of our whole, the food world is opening up and our minds are opening up to what this incredible country can actually do you know for us and provide for us so that's just a whole other world which is just amazing so that's gotten me pretty excited um uh, yeah, and that's the sort of path that I'm going down at the moment. I'm following that. It's caught my interest and I'm 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 following it. I'm walking mm. down that path. <laughs> that's so cool. And I what's so strange or interesting and beautiful about food, it's almost like a gateway to understanding other cultures and, and other people. Could you speak to oh, that? Yeah. Could you speak to that a little bit? I know you've done some yeah. work with, with that as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, oh, yeah, it's it, like if you want to learn about a culture, go, go to the food. And not, not just it's it's the way they cook, it's what they're cooking with, it's what they do to the ingredients, it's how they eat as well. Do they sit around the table, you know, to eat at a certain time and with who? It's it's all these clues into their into culture and how people get along and interact it's it, it really is it's the gateway you know uh it's not it, it's all it's the history for example it's it's the present and how that history has changed and you know sort of been molded and manipulated and or not manipulated in a bad way but you know molded into the present and where it will go in the future yeah look, look to how they're cooking what they're eating, what they ate, you know, what they're what they're growing, what their food values are, you know. So, for example, what I'm saying is like the food in Australia at the moment. I'm taking great interest because it's just unlocking 
the culture we have here. You know, we're we're a very young country, you know, and we're a melting pot. We're absolutely a melting pot of cultures, you know, not to sound too stereotypical, but, you know, we, we really are. We're a melting pot of cultures and all the food that's come with it. And that's just been incredible, you know, and we're celebrating that. And now we're starting to unlock what what the, this, the specific land that we're on, mm. you know, is offering us. And that's just opening up a whole new, it, it's not only opening up a culture, it's also creating one too, because now we're starting to see, you know, you know, Australian natives, which you can't get anywhere else in the world, being incorporated into, you know, for example, a, like Japanese cuisine. Oh. And that's just creating a whole new thing, you know. Mm. So it's like I said, it's a, it's not just showing us history of the past and what's going on in the present. It's going to like it's dictating, you know, the future of our culture too. And that, that was, yeah, that gets me very, very excited. That's actually unbelievable. It's like, and that's really interesting how um, you talk, there's a, there's a soul to food. It's almost like the soul of the old, old country is coming through and, you know, being expressed, you know, and then. Yeah, it's waking up. This. It's yeah. it's coming alive. And, but there's something very, for me anyway, and we're, we're starting to learn this. There's something very grounding about connecting with where you are as well and you know eating for example or learning about native australian ingredients grounds us here you know the 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 nature and the energy that's here you know in the country that we live in and that that's pretty that's pretty powerful that's pretty powerful i think that that is beautiful i feel like um you know, what better way to connect with something than to consume it and make it become a part of you? Yeah, like, and and learn about it and share it and talk about it, taste it, eat it, cook with it. Yeah, it just, and, 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 yeah, just, and celebrate it, really celebrate it. So definitely, absolutely agree with you on that. (laughs) That's, that's beautiful. And I feel you know, like food is a, is such a special thing. Like whether it's with like family and stuff, bringing it together, for, you know, it, mm. it literally nourishes us. I think there's Khalil Gibran um talks about in the, in the Prophet how um like the apple becomes my breath, and I just mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something I've I've been starting to think about. There's something so important about what we feed ourselves as well. Could you speak to that? Like, is there something like, yeah, have you thought about that or is that something that interests you? What we feed ourselves, as in, as in physically, what we feed ourselves and yeah, what like, that means for us, like, yeah, like you know, mentally, emotionally, mentally, nutrition. Yeah. Oh, I think it's all interconnected, right? So yeah. one of the things, especially that I think we admire about the diets of ancient cultures and we're just starting to sort of see this now. We're like we see what they're eating, for example. We learn about what they ate and then we try and emulate it here. But it doesn't quite work because it's sometimes food not of this place, not of this time, not of this season. So we're actually not um, – we're disjointed actually from the food. We're not, we're not, we're not going to get the full effects of it because we're not connecting with it in a in a more in a genuine way do you know what I mean so for example I'll give an example a lot of people think that citrus fruit is 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 summer it's season it's summer it's actually winter mm-hmm. we, we think it's summer because it's zesty and bright and colorful and we associate that with summer but it's actually winter and the best time to eat citrus fruit is winter for example because of vitamin c there's a lot of vitamin C present in, in citrus fruits like lemon and oranges. And the reason we need it in winter is because there's, you know, not as much sun. We're not getting out. Our immune system sort of go into hibernation and we need to nourish them with those kind of vitamins and minerals. I mean, the one thing like that you have when, when you have a flu, for example, or a cold, you, you take vitamin C. But nature is, is already giving it to you. Do you know what I mean? Whoa, <laughs> it's already while. it's already giving it to you, and we're only I think just starting now to understand that connection of of honoring seasons, honoring 
land as well, like as in place. And when we're, when we're sort of one, when we're sort of in that harmony with what we're consuming, we're better for it, both physically, mentally, emotionally. It, you just, it's, 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 it's a, it feels like almost a spiritual take, but when you're sort of like one with the nature of it all, it, you become a bit more balanced. Do you know what I mean? What the heck? That's crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, it's sort of it's it's sort of been a thing now. Like you'll you'll read a lot of cookbooks now are starting to separate their chapters into seasons, so that we're eating with the seasons. We're eating what's in season because the food is at its best and at its most nourishing. It is the highest in its you know nutrients and minerals when it is in season. So we're getting everything we need if we're sort of uh, one with that. Do you know what I mean? Wow. That's so beautiful because I've never (laughs) even considered or thought about that. It's almost like Mother Nature is just giving us vitamins. Like, here, you need this now. (laughs) Like, here, listen to me. (laughs) Seriously, it's it's all there. It's it's honestly all there. And, you know, of, of course, like in... In, in especially in like the Western world, we have the convenience of you know mass. Um, well, we have the convenience of supermarkets, you know, and we, we've definitely gone into sort of mass production, you know, sort of very heavy-handed farming, so that we can always have, for example, a cucumber, you know, twelve months of the year, and we've we've definitely become accustomed to that. Um, but there are definitely still parts of the world that, you know, in, in winter, you're not going to see a cucumber in the shops because it's like, you know, it's another thing. Uh, we've, um, taken to now, we shop at the farmer's markets and what we eat is dictated by what we find there mm-hmm. because everything is whatever's in season that, that week, that month, that season, it like, you know, summer, autumn, winter, spring, we're eating we're eating that now and you know i don't know it's also just the high quality produce but you just feel good like you feel good you know because you're not it, it's not you're sort of not controlling or manipulating nature you're just you're moving with it i freaking love that and it's so funny because that kind of um ties in with even the creative process it's like we might try to artificially kind of put in our ideas what the creative process is but no mother nature and creativity itself um has its own ideas and we actually have to submit to reality to feedback and to listening as opposed to you know we're always right we try to you know change <laughs> yeah no you else. can't that's you can't force it right it's got to mm. be you can't it's like the whole idea of taking an element or putting in an element that we think someone else might like we're not even in that creative process honoring necessarily what we want to do or what might what we think might look good. We're taking what another element that we think someone else will think is good, and that doesn't always work. It's like a square peg round hole, you know, mm. just doesn't fit. And um, with food, it's it's sort of similar, you know. And and there is a trend towards that now. People are starting to embrace that fact where, you know, eating with the seasons, eating what's available to us in this country and this land and and that just that just nourishes you yeah i feel that's that's like a big beautiful theme it's and it's so funny it's like the arrogance of mankind in the sense that yes we've dominated <laughs> and we won against nature <laughs> we can have cucumbers now all the year long yeah okay we won humanity good job <laughs> seriously we're, we're so we're so accustomed to that now mm. it's just it's the norm it's definitely the norm especially like especially in like the western world that's just just that's just the norm now so so there's this beautiful kind of dynamic going on here of like we just perfectly kind of receive from nature nature kind of provides these beautiful fruits and things and like we're fed and then we output and we create and we give mm-hmm and I just, I love that dynamic and I love that kind of connection, oneness, um, receiving and giving dynamic. Did yeah. Do you have any thoughts on like the giving, receiving dynamic and all that? The whole, the whole give take thing? Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I guess that's always a good, we well, can't always take. 
you can't just take, 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 take. It, that's just not going to work. And there, there's no longevity in just taking, taking, taking. You've got to, you've got to uh, give back. You know, you've got to, you got to put something. You got to put something out. What, whatever that might be. You know, whether it's a kind act on the street, whether it's, you know, an, an, an interesting recipe that teaches someone a little something that they never knew before. You, you've got to sort of um, give something as well because just taking and, and and consuming in a in a gluttonous kind of way is, is there's no longevity in that. It's not sustainable. You you just I think spiritually suffer for that. So well, what what you've just brought to mind is that kind of sense of like like we if you just take your your weed essentially you you just take and you provide no fruit um but like then you think of flowers like they take but they receive they give us beauty you know and you think of you know the beautiful big orange citrus cheese or like mango trees they actually give and provide so much uh you know i don't know and I, do. I, I love that this whole thing of of like as we're talking about like not separating ourselves from nature and realizing that oh we're probably like plants as well that should you know give and provide harvest and sort of thing and then receive more nutrients you know i don't know i just thought that was an interesting thing no no there's a whole metaphor there right you gotta you're gonna get the fruit from the tree if you care for the tree so if you nurture for it like if you feed it and water it and you know give it beautiful conditions to grow in it's going to give you fruit it's just it's the same idea right that's the metaphor manta because where do you think love fits into this whole picture (laughs) <laughs> that's a good one that's a very good one love love to, uh, it just it it fits into intention i think into into good intention like do it all with love with kindness i think kindness is a bit of an extension of that love because you know if if you're giving love, the kindness just sort of naturally follows. If you're giving, you know, out, putting out genuine love, that kindness follows. If you do everything with that type of intention, again, you're only going to get good back, right? From a, a creative, from even from a creative and project point of view, if you do things with good intention, and this links back to what we're talking about, like having a good work ethic, you know, respecting the place and space and situation, that's that's part of that, you know, it, and doing it with love and kindness and with intention, you're again, you're gonna get you're gonna get to the place you want to go faster. It's going to be a beautiful and enjoyable journey. You'll be able to see the lessons. You probably won't encounter so many blocks as well creatively either, you know. And not just that, you you start attracting your tribe as well, especially like especially in my industry, it's it's never it's never in solitude. The work that I do, it always has. There's a team behind it. There are other people. Whether it's one other person, for example, um, I work with this beautiful photographer named Kitty Gould, and more often than not, it's just she and I. But it is it's she and I, right? It's two of us, and we're a team on whatever projects we're working on. And with that good intention and good ethic and the flow just happens and you start to get attract like-minded people, you know. I, you know, I, I've now started to sort of cultivate all these incredible, wonderful, beautiful, creative minds around me that work like I do because that's what I was putting out. So while that's very that's very a very physical sort of technical manifestation, it starts off with such a, a beautiful spiritual element, emotional mm. element, which is, you know, like I said, love, kindness, good intention. That's beautiful. That, that's how I say it. That's how I say it. I really love that because I think in this day and age, I feel like it's so popular to kind of hate on the company or hate on the work. And, and yeah. you know, like, and, and not recognize that, hey, you know, like, this is going to affect you and come back in some particular way. And if you were to find a way to love and, and you know, 
give love and have the intention now, well, that's what's going to be you're going to attract and that's what you put out, you know, no matter what. You're so going to get it back. No, that's true. It's exactly right. You're going to get it back. What what you put out is is what you get back. And like I said, that's a very spiritual take, but it very much applies to, to your work and where you're going and applies definitely to food as well. Definitely to food. That's awesome. Kind of mind blowing moments. Also interesting how you say put out, because I know there's um, law attraction crowd and I think law attraction is valid. There's a lot of kind of validity to the principle, but you actually have to put something out and and take action and partake in life, you know, in order to create these good things, you know, I think it's so important to, you know, do that as well, you know, Manda, I have <laughs> another question and it's a bit of, it's kind of like my little classic kind of question. Yeah. But, you know, based on all this, <laughs> what Woo-hoo. is, yeah, no, we're going to it. We're going there. What is wisdom to you? Oh, what is wisdom to me? Oh, I almost need a second to sort of formulate my thoughts. For me, Wisdom is sort of almost everything we just spoke about in the sense that wisdom is having that ability to wherever, whatever age you are, whatever circumstance you're in, whatever status you may hold, doesn't matter. I think we, we, we can all carry a little bit of wisdom Um despite the the stereotypical idea of, for example, with age comes wisdom, which is which is definitely true. But I think you can even hold wisdom when you're in, in your youth because I guess for me it's that ability to look in and assess and act on whatever you're sort of seeing, you know. It's being able to think critically about that situation and observing it for what it is, what, whatever that might be, and then taking action if you need to, wow. and 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 good maybe and good and good action. When I say good action, it touches on what we we're talking about before about with good intention. You know, having that ability to think critically, act, and learn and grow. And keep doing that process because the whole thing is learning and growing, right? That's what I like to think life is about. You never want to be a sitting duck. You always want to be learning and growing and moving forward, whether that's personally, you know, mental, like mental and emotional growth, but it's also all the physical, you know, manifestation of that growth. You know, as say, for example, your career starts to, you know, get better and better. And wisdom plays a part in that because you need to have that ability to look think assess and act that's that's actually beautiful i love that it's so like it's practical and it's just it's also a position that no matter what age you are you can take and and kind of develop it's it's a direction but man i'd ask you (laughs) this is this is another one this is kind of another one just come to me if that's wisdom what is foolishness what is the opposite of wisdom I think this one always kind of helps tease things out. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. Uh, well, it's the opposite of that. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, um, no, no, it's uh, foolishness, I guess, would be observing something and not doing anything about it. Foolishness doesn't necessarily mean you're a fool, a jester, a someone who is less than, but it could be the inaction of making a decision that will lead you somewhere that you didn't want to be in, like a place that you didn't want to be in or yeah, a a situation or a situation that you didn't necessarily want to be in. So for example, like I said, way back in the beginning, when you observe a little bit, when that doubt starts to creep in, you know, you're not enjoying life when you wake up in the morning you're not looking forward to going to work you're not looking forward to the your the output of the day or the people you're going to see and you let that fester and you just sit on that and accept that as 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 that's it that's 
common, that's your life, that's how it goes. I think that could be foolish. That's an example of foolishness. Seeing the situation and not acting or seeing the situation and not developing some type of conclusion about it. I think it's, it's inaction. That would be my, that would be my def, like, well, how I see it. Foolishness is inaction. That's freaking cool. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I want to know what other people have said to that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what? The, the funny thing is, is that this is the first time I actually asked that question. So yeah, I think it's- No a, way! Yeah, so I will be implementing this one forever or now. I like it. It's a good one. It's a, yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. So nice. I can, I can say on, on this episode, I finally asked the question, what is what? Yeah. Well, I hope that was good. I think we could. I think that could, that that could be a total conversation on its own, couldn't it? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, like, if you want to know wisdom, just learn about foolishness you know, and do the opposite of that. You know, do the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> Amanda, I've just had such a lovely time uh, talking with you and just hearing your perspective. I think it's just so profoundly practical helpful and and wise and it was just really fun and i really really appreciate you coming on i'm going to be sharing this with a lot of people who i think will need it and uh, yeah, <laughs> i just appreciate oh. you and all you do and much love cuz thank you so much uh, thank you so much for having me thank you for wanting to hear my perspective yeah. It was, it was, that was really good. That was, yeah, even it was nice for me. It was, uh, I've just recapped on some of my, my sentiments over my career. And that, that's really nice too. That is awesome. If you would like to get in contact with the lovely and most amazing Amanda, please <laughs> send me a message and I will uh, link that up for you. And uh, yeah, we will, uh, we'll probably uh, end it there. Cool. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, Amanda.